Watching movies can take a while And they often go out of style But there's Megan and Ben To tell you what to watch with a smile So I married I married a cinephile Hi guys, I'm Ben Farmer and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver and I'm a cin and newbie. We watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to another episode, season five of So I Married a Cinephile. Yay. You know my first question. Megan, how are you? I'm doing so well. <laughs> Today it was like, for someone that lives, I'm actually kind of like, because we don't have a guest, so we don't need to immediately shoot over to them. Not that I don't love having guests, but I want to talk about myself. Um, we, I was domestic AF today. You were. Like I planted shit. I made bread from scratch. Yeah. I, what else? There was another thing. I, oh, I hung up all the lights on our fire escape. Oh my gosh. We will have to share that on our Instagram. It looked so cool. I hope the FDNY so excited. don't see it. But. Oh yeah. Oh, we, it is deeply illegal, but I <laughs> don't care. I, my Pinterest game is so fucking strong right now. It really is. Uh, so I feel great. I feel all productive and like in my space mm-hmm. and homey and shit. Mm-hmm. How about you? I feel great. It is a awesome so it's it's a real kick-ass sunny day out there <laughs> um, it's such a beautiful day in new york city i just went and ran for an hour had a nice shower mm-hmm. real quick mm-hmm. feeling good mm-hmm. like you, you it was one of those runs where you just come back in and your skin just feels like glowy glowy and glistening and warm like mm-hmm. i just came out of like a like an oven sort of like the loaf of bread you're baking right now I which know. is the sexiest bread I've ever seen you bake. <laughs> it is huge. It's huge. It's got a great rise to it. And it's got a nice crispy top to mm, it. We'll have I'm to put excited. that on Instagram too. Very excited. Just to, uh, just to show our guests what you did today. I know. Yeah. Um, it's just, just another day of sun. Uh, just like, you know, in a certain movie we watched. <laughs> uh, Molly, how are you today? I'm doing okay. I also got to enjoy the sun for a few hours yeah. and it was hard to tear myself away. I know. Um, I got my second dose of the vaccine, uh, and I anticipated feeling like garbage Yeah, for a couple days. So like my house is all clean. I had a bunch of like food pre-cooked and stocked up and I felt great. Yeah. So I just got to like hang out and chill for the last couple of days and really just hey. appreciate science and our healthcare workers. Yeah. Oh um, so yeah, I'm feeling extra pumped that I anticipated feeling like garbage and do not feel like garbage. So yeah. I anticipated the same. Yeah. Like I got my second dose early Friday morning mm-hmm. and my arm hurt most of Friday because the first dose I got, my shoulder just killed me for like three days. And I was mm-hmm. also anticipating just feeling like total garbage. But uh, yeah, today and uh, Saturday were actually pretty fine. But so. I, yeah, it's like I'm getting my next uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. And that's something where it's like I because my brother said that his girlfriend, like they all got vaccinated pretty early. Yeah. And they're like first shot was like, oh, it's like, oh, my arm. And then the second shot, she was like worst flu like symptoms I've ever ever had in my life like it's just random Mm -hmm. it's like anticipate feeling like garbage for two days and celebrate if you don't like that's what it comes down (laughs) to is just like yeah have a lot of soup and then if you don't feel gross you have a lot of soup still soup still (laughs) yeah about three in the morning 
after the day after I got mine because I got mine at like 10 in the morning yeah mm-hmm. so th- then at like three in the morning I woke up very warm and very thirsty so I mm. chugged a bunch oh. of water and went back to bed and then I was fine so like that sounds like what I do with anyways with my perimenopause <laughs> so that's great I was like that could have just been that it was warm in my room or it could have been the vaccine either way I yes, drank and. some water and I yes, went to bed and, so it was great yeah. yeah so I'm oh there goes my pen there goes um, your pen. so I'm doing good I'm gonna just grab that go fetch your pen I know and rocket rocket also too rocket how are you doing Oh, a little baby boy. He is grumpy because he got a bath today. Like, oh. that's something that I think we forgot, you know, because now we're back in New York after being in Oregon and New Hampshire. Yeah. Dogs get dirty here so really dirty quickly. <laughs> and he smells like butt, straight up butt, Very y'all. Yes. And we have to bathe him like every other week at least. <laughs> you know, it's so gross. But yeah. at any he rate. He needed it. He really needed it. Well, again, I, I just want to praise our healthcare workers and Whoops. say how grateful the three of us are that we are in a position to where we uh, all three of us will be fully vaccinated by next week. So hashtag awesome. big time. Hashtag oh, hi, there he is. <laughs> That's because I squeaked. Yeah, real <laughs> sunny kick-ass day out there. It kind of reminds you of a movie we watched. Yeah, summer, you know? movie, you know, just another day of sun. It just, uh, just makes you feel good and spontaneously City break out in song. stars. Because uh, we watched We watched La La Land. Land. Guys, Try that one again. Just what? go back. We're not doing La La Land right now. Try, oh. oh, try again. Was there some? Is there a different movie that gets mistaken not- for La La Land during important <laughs> award season times? What's the opposite of sunshine? <gasps> Moonlight. Moonlight. <laughs> Very wow. well done. Molly, I think that's like the first time that you've been actively involved in our presentation. That was amazing. Yeah, that, that was groundlings <laughs> as fuck. That was lovely. That was, that was some yes and right there, folks. That was talked about but not prepared, folks. So <laughs> <laughs> you know that you were in a room of entertainers. Yeah, yes. mentioned briefly. So we we wanted to bring a little bit of levity into today's episode. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen the film Moonlight, we will of course break down the specifics. Yeah. We will be skipping over plot in 60 seconds this week because a movie with purposeful weighted movie yeah. that I think requires a little bit of reverence. Normally we wouldn't have that kind of reverence when it comes to our show. You know, yeah. we're, if you listen to any of our episodes, we're a <laughs> bit goofy, except for the episode of Tootsie. Uh, even then <laughs> Rocket shows his head up out of nowhere as soon as he hears the word Meryl Street. Yeah. But for this one, it's just a different kind of movie. Yeah. It's a very different sort of vibe, different tone, uh, a lot of very heavy, important themes in this film, which, again, we will get into. But yes, Moonlight was the film that we watched. Um, and, and I I'll, think, too, like, no, I was going to say is I think, too, something that we talked about before this season started is that we wanted to make sure that we were more inclusive about the kinds of movies that we watched, yeah. you know, watching casts that feature um, people of diversity in leading roles, you know, which is why we definitely chose Crazy Rich Asians, which yeah. is why we chose Moonlight. We also have a couple of other great ones coming up. Yeah. Um, we always know that we can do better and there are different ways that we can support, you know, our BIPOC, BIPOC brothers and sisters. Um, so yeah so this was just a step in the right direction and I think really as someone who does not have to deal with any of this kind of stuff in my life it was very eye-opening in an incredibly artistic way yeah 
Um, yes. So Ben, what's the plot breakdown per IMDb? Get right into it. Uh, Moonlight, which came out in 2016, directed by Barry Jenkins and written by Barry Jenkins did the screenplay, but it's actually based on a play by Terrell Alvin McCraney. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a lot of trivia behind all of that, which we will get into. I'm so excited. But for the trivia. plot breakdown per IMDb. A young African-American man grapples with his identity and sexuality while experiencing the everyday struggles of childhood, adolescence, and burgeoning adulthood. Brilliant. I feel that that's a little oversimplistic, but it's also succinct enough to give us time to kind of dig into the themes of the film. So, yeah. Yeah. um, First impressions. Who would like to start off? Oof. Oof. Ben, I feel like you never get to go first because you're always never get to go first. Ben, Ben, what were your first impressions? Kick it off. I feel I feel really silly not having seen this movie sooner. I cannot believe this movie has been out for five years. I I guess the window in which it came out, this was it came out in 2016, which was the year before I joined SAG. And thankfully, Mm. since I joined SAG AFTRA they have been you know, able to send us screeners of the award-nominated films right. every year. So ever since I joined SAG-AFTRA, I've been like super on it, like watching all these movies, especially the ones that oh are being God, nominated yeah. for award season. Um, but this one is one that passed me by. And for whatever reason, I didn't get around to seeing it. I, I didn't make the effort to see it. But now having seen it, I feel really silly for not having seen yeah. it sooner because it's one of those movies that is really... Um, is really an experience and it really takes you away. And I imagine it's a very personal journey for everyone who watches it. Yeah. You know, no matter who you are or where you come from. Um, I I was I was greatly affected by it. I um same. I I don't know if I'm the same person after having watched this movie as as far as like my own sort of perspectives. And, um, you know, how I identify and how uh, blessed and gracious my life has been, um, it, it just really opened my eyes to a lot of realities that, you know, we're not really cognizant of every day, I don't think, uh, myself especially. So, um, yeah, I, th- this was one of those movies that just changed me shook, <laughs> and shook, shook yeah, a bit. Like, to your core. In a good, like, as it should, yeah. well as it should. Because my, uh, to me, mindfulness and awareness is key and how we interact with others and treat others in the world. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I am a changed person mm-hmm. having seen this movie mm-hmm. for the first time. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was my first experience. Molly, you, cause I feel like I'm always the one that goes either first or second. <laughs> right. Um, I, I've knew I needed to watch this movie, mm-hmm. um, for a long time, for the longest time, all I knew about it was what we referenced, which was that it won the Oscar, <laughs> But not till after La La Land was first named. Um, and it is just kind of, I think, just coincidence that, um, spoiler alert, we do La La Land later this season. <laughs> <laughs> we make up for all of that. Right. So. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, great that we did both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I kept myself from watching this movie because I knew that it was going to be deep. And I knew that yeah. it was going to be a hard one to get through. And I liked 
to use my movies as like haha funny time um so I definitely needed to be like pushed into watching this movie but I too am ashamed that it took so long that it has been on my to watch list since 2017 and I never Mm -hmm. got around to it Mm -hmm. um but I'm so glad I did uh this was another one where I was having a hard time like truth be told sorry moonlight we've tried recording this episode three or four times now and we've just pushed it because it is just us no guests and we can reschedule right Mm -hmm. and so like I just didn't want to do it I was just like I'm so sad I don't want to like jump back into this after having not thought about it or talked about it for over a week and so I was just like so sad and so what I did was I started watching interviews I started Mm -hmm. digging into the behind the scenes stuff and it got me really excited again about doing the podcast and talking about this movie and just learning where the story came from where the actors came from yeah all of that is really it's a beautiful story um and I yeah, I won't tell you if I loved the movie yet, but <laughs> I said we just go right to it. Let's just go to final thoughts. I mean, we can we can start with "Is it worth a watch?" because we clearly are all saying. I, I think we're all gonna like, say that. That's yes. spoiler alert. Spoiler um, alert. This movie is worth a watch, and we're gonna tell you why. Yeah, for the next much. half an hour, um, forty-five minutes. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So make it. I mean, I agree with all of that. And I think too, to kind of speak to what you were saying, Molly, like the, and maybe this is something that is something that we, and I'm just going to fully go on out there and say stuff that may be offensive, may not be offensive. I am absolutely open to learning and want to create as we have done a brave space to be able to talk about this stuff and create a space where we can learn. But I think that as, you know, people that have come from, a middle to upper middle class, depending on, you know, what your background is. And also to the fact that we're white, the fact that we all have had both parents involved in our lives. Um, And we haven't had to deal with a lot of the things that, you know, African-American black people, gay people, um, people specifically in these really challenging cities. I think that it's a lot easier and convenient for us to be able to feel uncomfortable and utilize that discomfort as a way to put off watching something that will expand our minds. I agree. And that's something too, that it's like watching this. I, I knew I should watch it and I didn't want to for recording this. I knew we needed to, and I felt a lot of resistance against it. And I think it's because it's uncomfortable and this is one of those movies that is importantly uncomfortable. You should watch it for so like a myriad of reasons, but like, and this isn't something too, where I would say, make sure you're in a good place. Like make sure that you're, you're feeling happy, jazzy fun times. Cause there's nothing or no (laughs) mood that will put you in the right space to be able to handle this kind of a movie. And that's okay. Like this is supposed to shake you. And it shook me. Like it made me look at how freaking blessed I am and how privileged I am and how there is so much that I was born into naturally that I take for granted. Um, And I think that it was just, yeah, it was something that, (laughs) can you hear that? No. Is it a cat? I'm not sure if it's a cat, Something a screaming. kid, or a crow. 
something screaming. Welcome to New York. Welcome to Little Harlem. Um, uh, Yeah. So I uh, but again, I I truly loved it. And I was watching kind of like you, Molly, since it's been a little bit. I was watching just like this really cool thing on PBS. That's like a cinematic breakdown of movies. And they Mm -hmm. do it with like these little animated figures. And the guy talks about like, you know, different shots and how there's like the formulas of using different shots and what that does to the brain. And it was blowing my mind. And um, yeah, there's definitely some stuff in Q and Bay that I have for that, that I'm really excited for. Um, So yeah, that I think, uh, well, since we're just, unless there's anything else for first impressions. Let's hop right into Q and Bay. Um, I, for me at least, this uh, video brought up to a movie that we reviewed very early on, which was Raging Bull. Mm. And that movie is also incredibly difficult to watch for a lot of reasons. It is also probably one of the most artistically brilliant movies that I think I've watched since we've done this. And there were so many references that he talked to about cinematography specifically in regards to jump cuts and like holding onto the camera and like, you know, kind of moving around with it. So that was one movie that I thought was really similar to this. And I'm so glad that person brought it up because now I'm like, oh, my God, are there other movies out there that remind me of this movie? Mm. And I wanted to open that to the floor. Mm. Like, are there any other movies, whether it be genre, whether it be cinematic um, choices, whether it be script, like what reminded you of this movie? Mm. And it could be, too. There's another thing I want to speak to is the fact that this was an unproduced play. Are there any plays that also have a feel that's similar to this. The one that comes to mind for me is um, Closer. Interesting. Yeah. Why? I think it's because it's such a small cast. Okay. I feel like we get so much time with each of the characters that you really get to experience their lives in a very intimate and personal way. Yes. Plus their lives are all sort of interconnected between four people in four different lives. Mm -hmm. So that felt very similar to me because of how personal it felt. Mm -hmm. But this movie, I feel like just took that to a completely different level because we, we don't just spend a couple of years. We spend most of a lifetime Mm -hmm. with um, mainly the main character. His name is uh, Sharon. Am I pronouncing it right? Chiron. Chiron. C-H. Chiron. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it depends on what act you're in. Oh, okay. (laughs) He's he's little, Chiron, or black, and the acts are named that. They're named after. Oh, I'm so, okay, total, I have a great, okay, that makes me, anyways, (laughs) go ahead. I have some great info specifically about something similar to this. Go ahead. Yeah, so I was just saying closer felt like you get to know those four characters very well, and in this one, you, you spend a lifetime, mainly three very specific periods in this person's life, but it spans what, 20 years, I, I want to say? More, I feel like More it's that? early, his early 20s. Yeah. But then also like for mm-hmm. the actors that portray them when they're older, that, that could be any range, especially his yeah. friend. Like his friend looks haggard. Oh, Kevin? Yeah. 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 I believe it's supposed to be approximately eight years between each jump. Between each jump, okay. 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 Yeah. So like and seven I thought they did a great job old. of casting. 
right 17 year old yeah 25 26 year old that makes sense that makes sense oh gosh and they did such a great job with casting too yes thank you god Uh, like i have all of my rants and raves well just raves are about not just like Like, physically or appearance wise like to be able to to get that kind of talent and to be able to um you know sort of match but also build on the character over a span of what 24 years uh, was just so seamless and honestly it's one of those movies for me where i think i took two notes at the beginning and then i stopped because (laughs) i i didn't care about like writing down what my thoughts were because i was experiencing something in real time Mm -hmm. that just took me away from all of it so i have like two full pages of trivia that i did after the fact but i i have i had no notes because our thoughts didn't matter right it didn't matter right like my thoughts don't matter like i like i don't (laughs) matter right now you know like that's i mean that's honest to god how it felt i took notes but my notes are very different from what i normally write down yeah normally it'll be like what the heck is this cheese thing and this one was like oh my god like just i think i won't wow like three times like it yeah it's very yeah. different oh my gosh um the other thing i was gonna say which was in regards to i was gonna bring up a play that i had done uh stage readings for or not stage readings what's it called uh, stage direction i was reading stage direction this was what a while when we first got here and i was working at royal family productions oh, wow, in new york right. yeah. off off broadway and there was this amazing playwright keenan scott and he had this incredible play called thoughts of a colored man uh and i think it was longer than that it's now been <laughs> shortened to just thoughts of a colored man hmm. um it's a remarkable play like a truly amazing play it reminded me a lot of angels in america to a degree uh, i just think the writing was so seamless and, oh, yeah. and quick angels and in america is a great example angels in america reminded me of this a little bit yeah, too I like and that. um and so i was just i was like oh yeah that's right it's thoughts on a color day i was just looking it up to make sure i got the name right and there's actually news three weeks ago, he got approved and has a Broadway theater. Holy shit. So yeah, he, that. I saw has that show. Been, he has been working on this for, for five years. Good for him. He's been writing it mm. for years before that, mm. but I was introduced to it five years ago. It's had an off-Broadway show since then, and it finally was cleared. Tay Diggs is actually helping to produce it. Yeah. Like he was, I, a, I feel like he was a part of it back then, even wasn't he? Was. he? Yeah, yeah, he got I involved. Remember that. Early Megan early almost on. met Tay Diggs. Almost. I was in the same room that he breathed in. <laughs> well, I worked that. I think I worked you that. You did. Room. Yeah, I think you did. Shout out to Royal Family Theater. Megan got me like a job there <laughs> <laughs> somehow, yep. and I. Uh, yep ran lights for a show there once wow. and, but I also ended up doing I probably took tickets or something for that or like sure. handed out drinks afterwards who knows yeah. oh, <laughs> it was but I saw so it and it was amazing and yeah wow it's an amazing show so that that Tangent, it's like note. I would say <laughs> like family. if you are in New York or you you know pay attention to Broadway or anything like that that is an important play and reminded me an awful lot of of this and they reminded but yeah like oh okay was there um for you two, I guess, was there a specific favorite time period in which we got to 
Spend it's gonna be my question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my Molly, question. Go ahead. Oh no. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think of an answer because that was my question. I'll, I'll no. think of an answer. Yeah. And it's really hard. Um, I have to say that little, the first chapter that oh, I was about to say this is my favorite, and it's my favorite because of little the. Uh, and the Alex uh, Hibbert, Alex Hibbert, the actor who played him. In and Mahershala general, Ali is only in the first Mahershala part. Mahershala Ali is only in the first part. Which <laughs> go? Where does he go? Guys, I know. I know. It's a classic dies. hero's journey, right? Like it's, classic. Yes. The mentor has to die. Fuck I that. Know, but, but um, we get. Mahershala Ali, we get intro to Janelle Monet in her first movie yeah. ever. Um, and then young, the young actor who played mm-hmm. Little yeah. didn't, he was just so good. He had mm-hmm. like two lines and he I was a silent actor for yeah, I don't, weeks. You know, I don't like, know what yeah. Barry Jenkins did as far as his direction or if this was just who this kid is, mm-hmm. but it felt like if I touched him, he would break. Like yes. that, that yeah. sort of, and, and you were right. I think he maybe said, I, I don't know, 10 words. May, I'm sure he maybe. said more than no, that. No, but, I don't but think maybe, so. Maybe he right. didn't. Like he didn't, he didn't, everything you get is just, there's such an amazing like stillness and you just see this child yeah. taking in and observing everything that is happening around him and his his mentorship this this father figure that he finds in Mahershala Ali and mm-hmm. his struggle in his uh, I I don't even know if he knows how to treat or behave in his relationship with his mom right. um the fact that he is bullied he's called names that he doesn't even understand oh he my god that scene he can't quantify and when he asks Mahershala Ali oh my god you know what these words mean like and, that's a drug dealer uh, that's more kind than like most people Jesus. I know like yeah. which that was something it was so it was such a wonderful juxtaposition seeing somebody that is normally portrayed as being aggressive and heartless yeah. and ruthless yeah. buying a kid a meal and telling him like you know, yeah, you might be gay, but you're not an F word. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, oh, it was just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It it broke my heart in the best way. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. was my favorite part, too. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really liked his middle area when he was a teen. Mm. I think what I liked so much about that is that there was so much pain and turmoil that, again, was going on inside and just like watching his reactions to everything and watching him turn inward, turn inward, turn inward to everything that was going wrong. When we come to a very pivotal moment when he's like, I'm not going to turn inward anymore. I'm going to go full like WWF yeah. on this kid. Like, yeah. and then that, that right there changed his life. Mm. That decision changed his life and took him in the wrong direction. And just like, his mom and like all of the camera work in that whole segment of like her walking backwards and like parts where there was no sound. And that was intense. It was so intensely done. And I also think too, like the very intimate moment that he had with his friend on the beach. Mm. Um, 
I, that was something I remember too, cause there actually, I was going to mention, I'm sure we'll talk about like trigger warnings for, you know, for this episode, but I was going to talk about, that was something that I found a website that you can go to that tells you if a movie has anything that might be trigger warning type thing. Yeah. And it said in here, it's like, you know, yes, there are definitely, you know, hard to watch situations. There's references to drugs and violence and all this different stuff. It ultimately has a happy ending, but they, one thing they referenced is there is an intimate moment. You don't actually see anything, but there's, it's very artistically implied. And I thought that hit the nail on the head. Like, I also thought it was crazy that his, his friend was like, Oh, you've never done that before. (laughs) I know. It was like, yeah, no. Like he was like, no, yeah. I I thought that was such an interesting thing too, that he's like, Oh, you've never been intimate like that before. That's well, maybe not even that. Maybe he hadn't even done it for himself, which is what I thought, which is what I thought was. Oh, I didn't think that at all. I didn't think that either. I just, uh-uh. I just got that this kid has no form of release for himself at all. At like all. he has so much inside of himself that he doesn't know what to do with. Yeah. And he feels so, um, I, I feel like there's shame there. There's, um, there's probably some anger because he's probably, uh, and he's probably confused and has been told that he has to be a certain way. He's been told all his life, don't be soft. Yeah. But he's also been called little. Yes. You know, and he's so, a quiet kid. Yeah. He's, he's an got, introvert. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I know. It, <clears throat> uh, and that scene was so, uh, the, the scene on the beach was so tastefully done. Yes. And I think it reminded me of Matthew McConaughey talking about a scene in Dallas Buyers Club where, um, I haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club in a long time, but I think there's a scene where Matthew McConaughey has sex with a woman in like a hotel shower. And it's like a really quick hookup. And it wasn't originally in the script, but the director really wanted it. And McConaughey was like really hesitant, hmm. but he's like, can you make it look beautiful? And the director was like, that's the only way I'm going to do it. It's oh, not going to be something that's going to be like, you know, nasty or hit people over the head or anything like that. It's going to be something that the character needs in this yeah. moment mm. right now is what this person needs. And I would really like to do Ooh. this and I'm going to shoot it in the most beautiful way possible. Yeah. Ooh, and he's I like, then let's do it. Ooh. So yeah, yeah, that it was, yeah, it was gorgeous. And the lighting in that scene too, oh where God. I think, I think lighting you, throughout this movie. Oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Another and, thing for Rance and, and Mahershala Ali, uh, references you know lighting in a very specific way he has that monologue when yeah. they're on the beach after he teaches him how to swim um where he was saying everything about the beach. Uh, he was telling uh a little story about when he was growing up and um, oh he, yeah they were talking about nicknames yeah nicknames and and he says um uh, black boys look blue in the moonlight mm-hmm. which and that's the original that's the original, I, I, play, that's title. The original yeah. play title and there's constantly uh, lighting references to that very specific line. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, really dark colors, but also um, the way they use color in this movie and with the lighting is so amazing. But in that scene in particular, we get this shot from behind them where you see their backs and they're very close, but it's dark all around them. And it's almost like there's this spotlight right on top of them. It looked very theatrical, mm-hmm. like you were sitting in a theater. Just You're still talking about two. the intimate scene. Yes. Too, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You went to the Mahershala scene for a second. So you're talking, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. talking about, okay. Okay. Just yeah, making yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the, I mean, it's a sex scene. We might yeah. as well say it. It's an intimate moment. And I found it really interesting that 
the dream mm-hmm. that he has where Kevin is having sex with oh, the girl yeah. is yeah. so much more graphic. That yeah. is more graphic than what actually, than what we see on the beach. Like I found yep. that really interesting too. Yep. And is it, do you think that's because Kevin described it to him that way? Cause I thought he described it to him at school. Probably. Maybe yeah. That stuck with him and that's what he saw in his dream. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I just found it like the juxtaposition of, yeah, it was almost violent in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was like this, it was touching. It was yeah because he, the line that, um, Chiron says right before that happens is sometimes I cry so much I don't know what to do with myself right I could Mm. just become a puddle of I could just become a puddle of drops or something like that Mm -hmm. and so it is this like moment where you know we we're never really gonna know because they never talk about it is Kevin bisexual is he does he actually have sexual feelings for his friend, you know, none of that is discussed, but sometimes it's just my friend needed release, right? Yeah, like that right. is also, it was just like, there's only one thing that I can do for my friend in this moment, which feels really weird. And that's yeah. not necessarily any of us have had that right. before, <laughs> right? but it was like, it, it felt like my friend needs release and I yeah. care deeply for him. And, it, and whether or not Kevin knew about his own sexuality beyond, yeah. you know, fucking the girl in, behind you know and getting caught so that was also really I thought that the juxtaposition of how it was filmed Mm -hmm. really had like an importance in um in Kevin's character almost more than Kevin's character right so and then like right afterwards the fact that we cut to immediately we're just slammed right back into the expectation of what these men are supposed to be which is tough which is loud which is everything but what they just came from and not only that it's like the person that helped him find that release Mm -hmm. is the person that kicks his ass right i was just about to say that holy shit because kevin just makes the decision to again you're right like he decides to make a show of how tough he is and which side he's taking. Yeah. But you can see the look in, in Sharon's face uh, about what he's about to do. Yeah. Like he had these beautiful POV shots. Oh my god! Looking these guys straight in the face. I think that's, yeah. And there's so much unspoken between the two where they're yeah. looking each other dead in the eye. And Sharon is almost like, like go ahead. Yeah. Like turn the other cheek kind of thing. I know that this is what has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you've made your choice. So do you think this is my question? Do you think he thought he deserved it? Mm. Deserved to be beat up? Probably. Yeah. For like that. Like he's just been told that being a fag is wrong. Everything about him is wrong. Yeah. You know, and then that happens with Kevin the night, two nights before. We don't know the the time but it definitely happened before that beach scene happens right before he beats him up so there's this like i got this feeling like when he wasn't doing anything in retaliation and he doesn't necessarily look defeated but he looks done right he's like i'm done here i'm not even gonna listen to kevin when he says stay down you know like he's like if you stay down i don't have to kick your ass and something in his face just made me write down he thinks he deserves it i absolutely think that's true i think that's true and and in combination with that 
um, on top of maybe him thinking he deserved it, and maybe both of these can be true at the same time, it's actually something that he felt like he needed as well. Because, uh, again, I, I get that there is so much pent up inside of him that he doesn't really know what to do with it. And so, <clears throat> again, on top of deserving it, maybe it was something that he needed. Because how soon after does he assault that kid like how soon after that scene in which he's beaten up by kevin does he take the chair to this guy i thought it would i, I thought like it was, was the next, next day. day like the next day next yeah day, right so it clearly like releases something like it it opens the door to all all sorts of new feelings know. of i don't know maybe empowerment or finally like breaking or point. anger yeah. a breaking point taking matters into your own hands because with that action, he makes the choice too. And it's interesting too, because like what he does isn't he doesn't go after Kevin. He goes after the guy that yeah. encouraged Kevin. Like, right. you know, because he couldn't go after Kevin. That's his friend. And he knew that he was put in an impossible situation. Yeah. I didn't get the feeling that he was like, I deserve this. Hmm. I feel like it was more just like, this is what has to happen. It's more of an acceptance, not I, uh -huh. I'm deserving of it, but I accept it. Um, that being said, I, I think he accepted in the moment, but then him keeping, continuing to get back up, even though he knew if he stayed down, he wouldn't get hit anymore. Yeah. That was his only way of quote unquote fighting back, even though he didn't know how to fight back. So I think that was the only instance where not the only instance, that was the only, uh, expression that he had is like, I'm just going to keep getting up and yes, you're going to beat the shit out of me more and more and more and more and more and more, but at least I'm not standing down at least i'm getting back up and then after that once he goes home then i think that's when all the gears start churning and going that wasn't okay that wasn't right i don't want to be thought of as the person that gets beat up yeah. who's the person that's responsible for this oh it's this kid and then i'm going to do something that will make sure he never comes after me again yeah you know i don't but i don't think he was i think it was just an acceptance more than anything and he goes to prison for that right I think yeah so. oh it, yeah. yeah and that was the other thing it was crazy it was like Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that was my time in, in jail. It's like, that's just as a, right. as a man, you just expect to go to jail for a little bit. Well, as, as, as a black man a in black Miami man in at Miami. that time. Yeah. Yes. Links to drug dealers whose mom is an addict, who that's yes. all you've ever seen. And prostitute, oh, too. Yeah. God. Uh, and I thought his mom was a nurse, but I guess she was. She yeah. was. And then she yeah. started have trading sex for drugs is that what yeah I, I think like, she started hooking so. there's that scene where he comes home and she's like you can't be here i have someone coming oh overnight. i didn't pick up on that oh, at all yeah but because you're totally she's right. like shaking him down for money yeah so i think she's like going after her I mean, addiction in a few ways yeah oh my god i yeah i mean i selling yourself to a man for the drugs that he's bringing you like it's like he made yeah. me a steak and now I'm going to have sex. Like, that's how I right. like right. Took it is like, sure. oh, he brought me drugs and now we're going to party. Not right. I'm going to right. have sex with you for the oh, crack okay. that you were bringing. But right. we, again, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and, no, and, it's and all subtle. of those things are true for different people. Like those are yeah. all instances that occur in that time and place. And so I love like, I loved like how the three of us drew very different but also similar uh, things from that scene where we're like, yeah. where, where he got beat up. We're like, oh, do you think he deserved it? Oh, I think he deserved it. I thought he needed it. And you drew something completely different. Yeah. And I think that's that's a testament to the subtlety of the movie is that it, it doesn't beat you over the head with these things. But right. at the same time, you can draw so many conclusions 
um, simply by what they're showing you. And they're yeah. not so much judgments. It's that they just, they leave it so open-ended for so much interpretation. Yeah. But regardless, you know, um, you know that these, these characters are going through some really tough experiences yeah. that, that we can't even come close to touching. No. Um, which leads us into the third portion of the movie where we see him post-prison and now he's taken on essentially what Juan's role was when he was a kid. He's now, uh, he's now dealing drugs, but he's also like muscle on muscle on muscle. Like mm. he's wearing like oh my tight-fitted God. clothing. He's got like the, the gold teeth inserts, you know, tattoos. He's got a, like, he's carrying a gun. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's- it cuts from him being arrested from yes. hitting this guy with a chair at school to him being swole as fuck yes. eight yes. years later. And so like what they're inferring is that he got jacked and hard in yeah. prison, yeah. right? In prison. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We're all on yeah. the same page there. And, oh yeah. And, and I'm sure he did. <laughs> right. And I'm sure he did. And I think that was again, his, not only his way of survival in prison, but because knowing who he was on the inside that he bulks up his exterior to hide what is happening on the interior which which makes so much sense to me and again i i think living in in that kind of life and in that kind of community and being a black man in that position you are not allowed to be soft especially I, i don't know and and he's he's been told that his entire life of course but now especially with the life that he is in you know, he has to give this persona that is totally opposite of who he truly is, which which just breaks your heart even more once we get into the scenes with Kevin, because mm-hmm. that's where we see him start. We, we see the cracks yeah. showing because yeah. Kevin is the one who calls him out. But um, and remind me again, is it Kevin that finds him? Yeah, Kevin finds yeah, he him. Calls him. Yeah. And honestly, I booed. I, bo- I out loud. You out loud Wait, you booed? booed. Not boohooed, but booed. I boo. I went boo. <laughs> <laughs> when Kevin called him, fuck that guy. Wait, wait, why? 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 Well, didn't Kevin just this get is a almost di- the- not not a divorce, but Ke- anyway. Molly, <laughs> this is mean- almost a hot take. We're almost. This is almost I a hot. take. Honestly, forgot about hot takes. I just, you know, it was like his, Kevin's actions that day. First of all, it it also felt like that beach scene was slightly manipulative. We just talked about how beautiful it was and how like, it's nice that his friend gave him a release, but there, he knows that Chiron is gay. You know, he knows before Chai does and it, it feels like slightly manipulative, almost like I'm going to make you look love me i don't know what it was but then so he goes to jail because of this thing that kevin does right i mean it's his real retaliation right but it all leads to him going to jail and now he's right. out of jail and living his life and this fucker's just gonna call you're just gonna call <laughs> hey right, what? excuse me and you're just gonna, <laughs> and you're just gonna say i work at this diner and <laughs> this guy comes in all the time and he played this song on the jukebox and I thought of you. 
Which also, too, I'm sorry. I don't remember them having a song. That was something I wrote. It's never down. it's never established. Like, yeah, this is our song. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't but once know you hear what... the lyrics, you get it. But I don't you're remember right. what the it was song never is. it was never it established. Just felt so manipulative. And now I'm like, did he even apologize? Like when he was on the phone? Like I was like, if you're calling to be like, I'm calling to make amends. That was some shit that went down when we were kids. Right. Yeah. That would be one thing. But if he was like, you should come and I should cook mm. you food. I was just like. Boo! <laughs> okay, in my hat, I just have Regina, not Regina George. Oh, you whore! Like, really? Whore. Whore. Seriously? Alexis Rose. That was. <laughs> now I have Alexis Rose. I oh, it, says, boom. it says, at least he apologized here. It says, I booed when Kevin called. At least yeah, he apologized. I, say, I think he boo. did apologize. <laughs> it says, boo on here boo. twice. Oh my God. <laughs> One of seven notes I took, you guys. So it's very oh, important. Lord. I didn't, I mean, I didn't think about it. I, it was more just, I think it was like an unspoken thing. Maybe that's like a, a for he them. He did apologize. It's for real. Their that was thing. real. I uh, that but one. I did, on, I did wonder though, because like, you know, he, Kevin's grown up, quote unquote. Yeah. He has a kid. He's like, they're, him and the baby mama are not together, but they, they have a working relationship yeah. and their parents. Yeah. And it's not clear again, like you said, what Kevin's orientation is. Um, I don't know. I felt like from what we saw, we were led to believe that he is either gay. Cause like, I know of gay people that have children, right. you know, and yeah. I, it's one of those things where it's like, he is gay or he's bi. Like it definitely didn't feel like what they did on the beach was any kind of mistake or something that he felt ashamed about. Cause yeah. he was almost shocked that right. that had been their, his only encounter. Um, and like, that's not okay. And like this, like, you know, and then we cut back to a very sweet scene. Um, but I no, I guess I didn't think of it that way that it's like, boo, you whore. <laughs> Don't <laughs> just fine. a random ass booty call. Come on down. I suppose when you well, need to you're going to find a fault in this movie. That may be that <laughs> the may be only it. one. I wasn't thinking, oh, he's calling him for a booty call. I was oh. thinking no, I like, think so just live, go live your life and let him yeah. live his right. Like you already I fucked see. him up so let much. Him be. Just let, let him be. be. But I suppose it could be argued that without reuniting with Kevin, he wouldn't have had, you know, those conversations where Kevin's calling him out. Yeah. Like, I know who you really are. And and then, you know, I mean, it really does complete the arc for black, a full arc. Yes. Yes. Very much. Yes. 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 Right. Like, which I would have been fine with. Uh, can we talk about the scene with his mother in the which I mean, one? All of them. But all of them let's start with. Act three. Uh, oh, <laughs> yes. my God. Like, her. I only needed that redemption arc for him and her. Like, I could have cared less about Kevin. Yeah. But I a lot of people mind. talk about the, the diner scene as like the like the scene. Right. Mm. Uh, There's I don't know a lot of scenes, but the scene. I I think that it's a good one to kind of wrap up his journey as mm-hmm. um I guess like finally being himself and letting him be himself and not letting the world dictate who that is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But the scene with his mom, I feel like that there was so much that needed. There was so much closure that he needed in that area specifically. Yeah. Like it had nothing to do with Kevin really. Like yeah, this was about all. his mom, um, you know, just not, not being there, not being present and how I, I love how that scene started because you don't know that she's at, 
rehab no, until right. maybe 30 seconds in when they just, I think, they pan I don't know if they pull out, out enough or if they pan or, you yeah, if they go to a medium shot where he has like a tags. visitor name tag yeah. on, I'm like, oh, she's, oh, okay. And then so the she got herself her, help. Uh, for her to stay, for her to be like, I'm never leaving. I can't ever leave. Can't ever yeah. leave. This is where I have to be. Yeah, exactly. That is, that was an insane thing. Like, I, that was another thing. I had never thought about that. I had never thought about knowing someone that has dealt with such severe drug addiction that they have to stay in rehab for the rest of their lives in order to make sure they don't fall into it again. That's yeah. insane. I it's mean, insane. I've known plenty of addicts in my day, but I've never heard of something like that. You're right. I've never heard of someone making that conscious choice of like, this is where I need to be to be my best self. Right. Because if I'm out there, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, the temptation yeah. is too great. Yeah. I think part of it also for her was that she saw that she was doing good work for others there. Cause she said, they're going to yeah. let me stay and work, which yeah. we yeah, don't know exactly right. what, but in, on some level, I assumed that that meant like <clears throat> not just cleaning toilets or hallways, right. but like right. helping incoming addicts and yeah. like being someone that can listen because they have experienced it themselves yeah, so like sharing her story it felt like she was like i f not only do i need to be here or because out there is like scary and temptation but i need to be here because this is what my journey has, ha has actually meant like yeah. i needed to go through that to do this yeah maybe oh that's a great way of looking at it i hadn't thought about that because it wasn't layers. like I'm stuck here. That wasn't what I got from her. Like I'm stuck here. I'm I'm helpless if I leave here. <laughs> what I got was like I am my best self here. I'm yeah. meant to be here. I am meant to yeah. be here. Yeah. And you really and see the conflict that Black is experiencing because he's essentially dealing in the same trade that put her there in the first place. Yep. Which is kind of harkens back to the first act of the movie where Juan discovers her you know, in the car. Right. And he's I, like, I've been watching your son. Like, so, what the fuck are you doing out here? And then she's like, like, and I, I'm your best customer. What the fuck God. are you doing with my son? And yeah. And I think it, it, you know, this is just from my own experience. I heard of a friend who was literally my best friend when we were in grade school, middle school. And then when we went off to high school, we went to different high schools and she got in with a bad crowd. And I remember her talking to me about pot and like, I remember her talking to me about different drugs that she had taken. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. Like, you know, okay. And then I find out, like, I see her, God, I want to say a decade after that, after like we've graduated high school and we're both in out of college even. And she, yeah. Um, and she, was just totally different. She was this really loud person, mm. very, and like had coach and all this stuff. And she was a very quiet person when she was little, she was a quiet, sweet, shy gal. Yeah. And I found out that she had gotten in with a, a bad crowd. She was married to a drug dealer and that she was in a physically and verbally abusive relationship and had tried to leave several times and couldn't do it. They had a kid together. And it's again, like, and I'm not going to name names, but her mom had been in an abusive relationship and had, it's one of those things where you see people are influenced by the people that raise them. However, that looks. Yeah. And 100%. so it didn't, it didn't surprise me at all that that was something that he got into. Yeah. And it's a, the pressure of the society that they live in and the expectations mm. of, you know, culturally what that is, but then yeah. also too, that's what he was shown is what you're supposed to do from yeah. the 
the it was almost it was life. almost like predestined but yeah. not like, not not like in a positive way no it was preordained yeah yeah and it's possible had he not gone to jail also everything would have been different but when you yeah. get out of prison there's only so many avenues that society will allow for you yeah, yep it's true yep and exactly so going back to the neighborhood and the people that you knew you know like that's right. that's what you have to survive right exactly i did have one quick, and this is again, hot takes and conspiracy theories. There's like no conspiracy theories. Because <laughs> again, like Molly said, this is like semi-autobiographical. So it's yeah. it's kind of hard to have a conspiracy theory. Right. About this. Was this based on someone's life? What do you guys think? <laughs> Somehow based on two people's lives, which is even cooler. Which is um, totally uh, insane. So uh, no, my only hot take, and this was something that I was, is kind of a Q&A as well is I don't think that Black had any sexual experiences other than the one on the beach. He said he says that. I no. thought it was he says I've never had another experience with a man. Right. Yeah. And then he said no one's ever touched me like that the way you did. Again. Mm-hmm. You're and like so yeah, I'm he not infers sure. that no one's touched him since then. Right. Yes. So then that's something where it's like, does he mean like men? Does he mean altogether does he mean him touching himself like again i feel like and there's a whole other so many different avenues there's a whole other uh sexual orientation that comes in here which is asexuality some people just do not have much of a sexual drive yeah right and that was another thing that i thought of so that's a whole other thing to open up into it but i didn't know if anybody else thought the same thing Hmm. which I mean, to me, it was inferred that nobody else had touched him since then, which yeah. with the way that prisons are portrayed to us, like that was shocking to me. I yeah. didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah, wow. that was the thing to me that didn't like compute. I was like, wait, I thought that in prison men just, you know, go at each other. They make you your fish and then your butt is theirs. Like, right. <laughs> was trying right. to say that in a way that was like not trigger warning fish <laughs> make you your fish and then they, your butt no, is that's my, all like, they eat in prison those are lingos those are prison those are prison lingo i'm like is this <laughs> finding nemo or moonlight look what? it up it's prison lingo. i don't prison, this i'm sure it's prison i know a lot about prison up. i had to ask my niece if a slang term was a slang term or not and she's like um i'm pretty sure that's prison lingo aunt megan where we were talking about eavesdropping and i heard the fr- the phrase uh, ear hustling she's like that's prison slang and i'm like oh so i shouldn't be using that with high schoolers maybe yeah. not oh maybe. okay okay yeah. but rate. isn't isn't ear wait what what is it called ear hustling isn't ear hustling never heard just as complicated as saying eavesdropping it or do is you just sound like less of an asshole hustling eavesdropping it's the same amount of same. syllables yeah yeah it's the same amount. I, have, I don't know i have maybe, never heard that term in my whole life either. well and then, 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 like, the, gal, the, then the other instructor was like man you need to go get you know hip on all the slang go to urban dictionary yeah, she told her to go to and urban gonna, dictionary. oh my god there's so much on urban dictionary that i thought urban dictionary was just bs i thought it was people making up stuff to make other people look stupid but it's legit like yeah i learned all about vax hole i learned about stimmy 
I learned about like, and then I even were we all being vax holes at the top of the show. You think? We were being vax holes a little bit at the <laughs> oh, top of the no. show. Is that when you brag about getting uh, vaccines? Bless up, you got it. Hashtag Molly vaxels. got it. Cool. Vaxhole. Uh, cool. And then oh. stimmy is when you get your stimulus check. If you didn't get your stimulus check, you got stimmied. You got stimmied. I just whenever I hear stimmy, stimming, all that, I think about what people with autism do, like. It's called stimming, what? like like um, like it. Kate McKinnon's character in Ghostbusters, super weird tangent, is has been said that that character, like people, hot take on that one or conspiracy theory on that is that sh- that character has a form of autism because My she's mind. constantly stimming, is like so wrong. fidget spinners, um, so hard stimulation. St- Stimmy. Interesting. I love that this movie has such a lack of conspiracy theories that we have to go to the all-female Ghostbusters. To I do too. Come up with our that, conspiracy theories. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that is a huge <laughs> conspiracy theory. Anyway, yeah. so little hot takes that we have to go all the way How to the female version. How much did the version. movie Moonlight pull from the movie Ghostbusters? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Zero percent. Bill Murray Which, does not show up in Side note, version. I really liked female ghostbusters i, I did too I I yes bless i, I loved it on a plane i loved it and i'm not tied to the all-male ghostbusters in fact not you either. might need to put it on this podcast because i don't know if i've watched it all the way through oh, wow. i know <laughs> i've seen ghostbusters several Great. times shocking, but i have not guys. seen caddyshack um, just so shocking but <laughs> anyway anyways back to moonlight yeah (laughs) should we uh should we hop into some trivia yes let's hop into some trivia oh man yeah that is the majority of my notes uh oh my god this movie was made for one this movie was made for 1.5 million dollars the lowest best picture winner budget since Rocky won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Rocky was made for 1.1 million. And I think that was in 1976. So even with inflation over 40 years, this movie only cost another $400,000 more than Rocky. This is also too ties into, and I don't think there's a mistake here. When we reviewed, sorry to bother you, they Mm. had a phenomenally low budget and they had so many producers to try to get that money. I think we're seeing a correlation here. Very much so. Yes. Shout out to Naomi Harris, who plays Black's mom. So much. (laughs) She shot her part over three days. No. Because she had no choice because she was out doing a promotional tour for Spectre because she plays Moneypenny in the new James Bond movies. And you probably didn't recognize her because she just disappears into this part. No, she shot all of her all of her footage in three days. That's amazing. I'm sorry. I just I'm going to need a minute. That's insane. Mahershala Ali actually taught hurts a little bit at that. Mahershala Ali actually taught Alex R. Hibbert how to swim in that scene. No. How did I not come across that? How did I not come across that in mine? Really? None of that? That is the sweetest thing. That was something they talk about in the PBS thing. They're like, not only do we not see like strong, like jacked up black guys teaching boys how to do something and being vulnerable. There are so few instances where we see 
black people swimming. Swimming. That's I mean, true. that is. I didn't. I, don't, I didn't that. even think about that. It's like black people are some percentage lower of knowing how to swim than the rest of society. Yep. Like they're just not taught to swim. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it goes back to slavery. I'm sure it is super racist. Yeah, I'm um, sure it is. I don't know. But you're right. Like not only teaching him something, but teaching him something that we don't see in amongst that community much at all. It's not like he's mm-hmm. teaching him yeah. something classically tropey, stereotypically riding back, a bike. Right? Yeah, something. Or right, or right, right. Your typical dad. But yeah. yeah, it was something. I think that that is really a really specific choice that they made. Like yeah. we're going to show this thing that is not common in our mm-hmm. yeah. culture. So that means Mahershala Ali knew how to swim and he was able to teach Alex R. Martin how to swim, who at that point, of course, didn't know how to swim. Wow. So it was just something they rolled on, which I That's thought was crazy. really beautiful. Um, and I know we mentioned this before, based on Terrell Alvin uh, McCraney's unproduced play in Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue, shot on location in the same neighborhood that he grew up in, over 25 days. They shot this whole what? In three and a half weeks. No. Three and a half weeks? No. Yep. Sit down. Am I crazy? Sit and down. Barry Jenkins, also from the same neighborhood. From the same neighborhood. Like, mind-blowing. And Naomi Harris, in multiple interviews, said oh, she was a little God. scared to be in the neighborhood just based on how it looked and its uh, history. And she said everyone there, the neighbors, like people coming out of their houses to, to like welcome them to the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I felt bad because they were the kindest people I've ever met. Well, like, yeah. And yeah. I think that's something you constantly have to check yourself I on. Think so too. Like yeah. I, our neighborhood seems a little rough and tumble on the outside, but these are like the nicest no, people. Like everyone I've, I've met is ever like met. Salt of the earth. Yes. So yeah, Ugh. I just thought that was awesome. Also, yes. she's like a cutie little Brit. That's probably never been to, you Maybe. know, <laughs> Maybe. dirty little, yeah. dirty little Miami. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Mahershala Bless. Ali won the Oscar in Judy Dench fashion. With less than 20 minutes on screen. Yes. Judy bonkers. Dench won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for uh, Shakespeare in Love, I think. And I think she had like eight oh, minutes on screen or something her. like That's that. That's such but a anyway. great movie. Yeah, he has I less than 20 movie. minutes on screen. And I think like halfway through that fir- that first act, I was just blown away by like his um, his physicality his vocal style. Um, and I, again, that, that scene at the table where uh, is asking him all of these questions, like, what does the word fag mean? Does, what, my, mom like, do does drugs? my mom do drugs? The, the, <laughs> the conflict and the Ugh. myriad of emotions on Mahershala's face and in his body are just like, of course he fucking won an Oscar yeah. with less than 20 minutes because yeah. he's just saying everything. Yeah. It was Oof. beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have something for rants and raves, but yes. um, this is the first LGBTQ film <gasps> and with an all black cast to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. There's also not a single gunshot throughout the entire movie. What? I never even. Why is this stuff that I don't think of? You it's see weapons, but they're, yeah, they're I don't think of it. Um, the awards that this movie has received Best Picture, of course, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Mahershala Ali was the first Muslim to win an Academy Award. Awesome. And it also won the Oscar for Best Adapt- Adapted Screenplay. And Joy McMillian, uh, Joy McMillan, excuse me, was the first. Uh, black editor to be nominated oh. for an Oscar for best editing. 
I so. just like, I want to go back in time. Cause I remember was 2016. Is that yeah. when this was? 17. It's the 2017 Oscars. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember Oscars. being upset that La La Land didn't win. And I want to go back and shake Megan on the shoulders and just be like, this movie is important. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. Sit down. Had I seen Moonlight and watched the Oscars and watched La La Land win, I would have been screaming, <laughs> yelling. Booze would have been. I was so bored that Oscars yeah. that I turned it off. Oh, really? And then heard like half an hour later on the internet what was happening. And the is funny so thing crazy. is I did the same thing to the Super Bowl that year because it was a boring ass Super Bowl and I turned it off. And like whoever won made like 17 million touchdowns right. in seven minutes. <laughs> and the I did that like, three times that year. But anyways, <laughs> I would have been livid. Here's what you can be mad about instead, Megan. That was also the year Moana lost to Fox to Zootopia for best uh, uh, animated movie that's what we can be mad about moonlight deserved it moana deserved it but didn't get it zootopia Zootopia. anyway sorry ben stiller's in zootopia that's also my also the sloth (laughs) i just saw a sloth a knockoff zootopia sloth toy oh am i thinking oh i'm thinking of madagascar that's what i'm thinking yeah no yes zootopia is jason bateman's in zootopia yes and that's all that's the only reason they want no just kidding that's right Um, and the the final piece of trivia I have the play like the film was also in three parts however the play ran all three parts simultaneously and we are not Wait. told yep let me finish we are not told until halfway through the play that we are watching the same character I want to see the fighter boy I know after- I bet that's crazy I bet that's crazy <laughs> Megan had to excuse herself. Wow. Uh, Rocket, Rocket will be filling in. Um, okay. Uh, and then the the final the final thing I have for trivia is just factual data. It, it's it's hard to find issue or even say something about a movie that has oh. already been said. This movie has a ninety nine Metacritic score, which is based on fifty three critical reviews, and it has a ninety eight percent score on Rotten Tomatoes. It. And I think that was maybe a part of my hesitance to do the podcast on Moonlight is because I'm like, what what can we say that hasn't already been said? But I I just I I what, so appreciate we the find it unique that anytime here. that we've ever said that, that we're like, I don't know if we should do this. There's nothing we can say. What I know. we always find something like, to say. Critic is 99. What do we say? No. Um, so that's problem. my trivia. Molly, do you have anything to add? Yes, the three actors that played the main character never got to meet and they Aww. never got to see film of the other actors portraying that's, that role. That's also true for the actors who played Kevin. All of them, yeah. yeah. Anyone who wow. procrastinated wasn't played by the same actor. They never got to meet them. They so never amazing. got to see dailies of anyone else. So um, and so, and they, the casting director and Barry Jenkins were like, just their acting is, they have the same expression in their eyes oh my god um and like that's so they got that vibe the actor who played black originally Mm. was auditioning for kevin Mm. interesting um and the producer in the audition wrote a note to barry jenkins and said black like it just said black so um the yeah um the cinematographer and barry jenkins really wanted 
this to feel like you knew you were watching a movie. They weren't mm-hmm. trying to bring you into a different world. They weren't mm-hmm. trying to suspend disbelief. They mm-hmm. wanted moments where you knew that you were watching film. Um, yeah. And that included moments like in the swimming scene, um, you see like the water lap up against the camera. Like yes. this yeah. is a camera, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and a lot of stuff, oh, I watched I watched and read a lot of the cinematographer um, and he just had so much that we don't notice until you no. watch him voicing it out. But um, they, they did a lot of you, if you have watched it, if you're going to watch it, notice the times when they put the camera in between the actors. You mentioned it before. There's a lot of point yes. of view. Um, and the first time we see that is um, with his mom when she asks him something very important is she I'm, yelling something at him or that's like the second time the we second see time that. Okay. the first time okay. it's i yeah. think it's the like i'm your mama ain't ain't i she says or something yeah, like that something. It's, she's yeah. outside yeah um and they bring it back a lot during that diner scene mm. um but there was they were saying that like the cinematographer was like chest to chest with actors in moments like that wow. because oh. they were just like trying to get mm. this like very intimate shot where you got to feel like you were little or you got wow. to feel like you were kevin oh. Um, so those were very intentional I, it was like yeah. you're we're in a movie like we're in a movie but we're in real life but we're like yeah. it was, we're not gonna we want you to notice the camera they sure. were they were not trying to like stay away from that at all right. um, oh and I found that really cool yeah, and I was really fun. mad that um <laughs> uh the mom didn't win the Oscar but uh she was nominated though. She like, was, and Viola Davis won for Fences, so it's okay. Oh, but I like had to, I had yeah. to like research who did win because I was yeah. like, it should have been her. And yeah. she did yeah. win a satellite award, which is a nothing award, but she what <laughs> she did win something for that role. And I'm okay. like yes. because she's my favorite. I think I coming in that circumstance. Like, that's pretty much all my raves. I I can imagine. It's- either actress would have felt the same way coming in second to the other. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Win? Maybe if I were Naomi Harris saying sure. like, oh, I'm coming in maybe right behind Viola Davis and Fences. So I'm okay. I'm in a good place. You know, yeah, right. um, and I'm I, I'm sure Viola Davis would have felt the same way if, you know, she saw her work, which I'm sure right. she did. Wow. Um, and I did mention it before, but it's Janelle Monae's first movie and pretty much all like, all of her first scenes she did were with uh, Mahershala. Yeah. And so the producer and director have like been on like record saying they watched her acting skills develop within like 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour. They just like saw her watch Aww. him, take it in, reshoot. And yeah. so like a lot of her acting ability in that movie, which was so good. It was. Yeah. Love Janelle Monet, Um was just watching like watching actors act yeah. in real time so that's beautiful that was oh. cool learned too uh, oh and that's trivia that's trivia, trivia. guys Jeez. Wow. Which, oh. which brings us into uh worth a watch yeah. all right i'm just gonna have us all say on three what we think uh just in one word One, two, three. Yes. No. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I guess I'll start. Go yeah, for it. Uh, I um, 
I am I am a changed person after having seen this movie. And I love Molly, your bits of trivia about how they weren't trying to hide the camera yes. in the sense that yes, you're watching a movie, but it just adds so much to the intimacy. And again, you saying how the actors never met each other, but they're all three doing the same, same thing mm-hmm. in every act of this movie. That takes so much. It skill. is, uh, dare I say, a a near perfect film, mm-hmm. a perfect film. Mm-hmm. I again, I feel silly and ashamed that I did not watch it sooner. Mm-hmm. I am so glad that I have now seen it, and I recommend it to any. Uh, any feeling human being with a pulse, <laughs> essentially. Um, it, 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 and maybe again, seeing it in 2021 <laughs> after the year that we've just had, especially when it comes to uh, what is happening, the, the, um, mm. the, the racial, um, not comeuppance, but the, the, the awakening that we're having. Yes which is something that has not happened in decades. And I feel like there is so much more of, of an awareness and just, just on a personal note, an awareness of my own uh, privilege as a, again, straight identifying white male living in America. And Mm -hmm. I feel like mindfulness and awareness is key. And I feel like a movie like this uh, will just give everyone pause, no matter who you are, where you come from. When you watch a movie like this, it makes you take self-inventory. Yes. So I think it's okay that it makes you uncomfortable because that's the point, but it, but there's also a lot of joy mm-hmm. and it does have, you know, um, a, a really beautiful ending, which I would love to talk about in Rants and Raves. Yeah. But uh, yes, see this movie as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. And don't wait. Don't wait. Me? Is it me? Um, Are you? Yes. Me. You. Um, I would say um, yes, beyond yes. Uh, I also know too that like historically I have been very sensitive about letting people know about like trigger warnings. Like, hey, if this is something that you're not good with a lot of violence, don't watch this Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, Stuff like that. And I think that because of that and because of my own mental health struggles, sometimes I shy away from movies because I worry that they will trigger me. And make it make me have a bad day because mm-hmm. I've watched a movie because that's happened. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that this movie, while yes, it will definitely impact you and will definitely affect you and make you think, I do not think that this is something you necessarily need to avoid. I think it's something if it triggers you or you feel overwhelmed by it, take a break and then come back to it. Mm. But the story is important enough. And especially too, if you are someone that is of any kind of privilege, the message is important enough to be able to take this in in any way you possibly can. I firmly believe that. That's what I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. Mm. Um, this movie did send me into a depressive spiral for 48 hours. So while you two are saying, you know, there's no good time or bad time to watch this, take care of yourself. (laughs) No, like this is our warning. Like know that this is an emotionally weighted, heavy movie. And even though it deals with subjects that on the surface don't feel um, relatable to me as a white middle-class female, you will find yourself in these characters in one way or another. So be ready for that. If you're an outside, you know, like it's a lot about feeling like an outsider 
even when you feel not feeling safe in your own space like there's so many different little nuances to this movie not having a relationship Mm. with your family not having a father at all so watch it go in knowing that it's going to affect you yeah take care of yourself before and after mm-hmm. and like if you're already in a depressive space maybe it actually isn't the right time to watch it that's a great point there definitely are but like look at it through your privilege lens also like I, right. I get that there's definitely this line of like privilege there and not having to have watched it not having to have lived it so right <clears throat> yeah it's a no balance There's things that will hit you. And I was like, this might be the first podcast I cry on because it literally made me (laughs) so emotional just watching it. Um, But it was 100% worth it. And I will most likely watch it again, but like in a in a space that I know what's coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But right. like also if you need to cry, fucking watch this. Oh movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah. And then watch interviews with the kid who played little because he's spectacular. <laughs> he's so great. I hope um, he's working now. I need to look him up on IMDb. But I hope he's continuing to work because yeah. he's awesome. Oh. Yeah. And that's uh that's, that's our episode. That's wow. Moonlight. Man. This actually, I love this episode. I was like, I, again, I was nervous about this. I was feeling a bit trepidatious. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. It's the right word. But um, no, I just, this is such a great movie and there's so much to this. And I think Molly, I think you're right. I actually love that takeaway is that even though there's so much that we cannot identify with personally, there is so much that we can relate to because every human has felt some aspect of X, Y, Z. And that can definitely be something that is a way in for this movie to really. And I think that's why it hits you so hard. And the cinematography leans into that. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, love it. (sighs) Well, thank you. Thank you everyone here for, uh, for going through this and uh, allowing uh, and to our audience for allowing us to experience, hopefully experience this movie with you, but also thank you for uh, listening and, you know, participating and watching what is, I I think a a really important conversation Mm -hmm. and discussion. And uh, yeah, we will continue to uh, be on the lookout for movies that have things to say and maybe movies that put us in an uncomfortable place, but, you know, are, are important. And yeah. uh, this was definitely one of those. So yeah. thank you. Absolutely. Thank you to yeah. everyone here. And, and our um, want to leave a comment of other movies on the same yeah. level that they think we need to be watching because we mm-hmm. need to open up our lens. Please leave a comment. Yeah. Um, let us yeah. know other movies. And we know that RoboCop was one of them. So we, <laughs> yeah, we got, we, we, we got that. It. The corporate uh, hierarchy, who's in charge. <laughs> HR is important. But yeah. oh, I'm God. always taking notes on what to watch for future seasons. So let yeah. us know in the comments. I know, Molly, I was going to ask you now that you're like producing this podcast, do people tell you all the time, like what movies? Oh my God, you have to do this movie because we get that all the time. Yeah. No. <laughs> they fair don't. enough great <laughs> fair enough fair enough that's okay too um yeah so uh be sure to like subscribe and share about our podcast um also too if you would like to support all the amazing people that make this podcast possible please go to our patreon page um all of that is simac podcasts that's patreon.com backslash the podcast twitter is simac podcast instagram Simac Podcast. 
also pattern here. I don't know if we have teased it on actual the actual podcast, but we have a special only Patreon member, any level, including the $1 just for support. Yeah. Wonder Woman 84, we recorded that podcast and oh it was God. our first one and we had some <laughs> technical difficulties. Um, so we said, you know what? That's for our Patreon That's subscribers. If you want to see and listen to us stumble stagger through, yep, through what, our new what was our what was our dry run of, se- yep. of the opening of season five? Yep. Um, I think it's a spectacular episode. It'll it'll be it's really entertaining one. to listen to and watch. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, please subscribe to and us on Patreon. Also, too, even if you're a one dollar level, you will be on our close friends list on Instagram, so you will see some of the behind the scenes stuff that we have going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's That's about everything. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening, for watching, and we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. So I Married a Cinephile is hosted by Benjamin Farmer and Megan Carver. It is produced by Molly McCarthy with original music by Tom McGovern. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Simac Podcast. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Simac Podcast. Subscribe today and help out all of the artists that make this podcast happen. I'm married, I'm married a cinephile